0: Well, Church, uh, we have been doing a series um, which is based on the book. Here it is, uh, The Purpose-Driven Life, What on Earth Am I Here For? And it's a great question. It's a question that we see in our society around us as many people have asked that question, Why am I here? What is the purpose of life? And a lot of people just think, You know, life is just the daily grind. It is the getting up in the morning, going to work, coming home, going to bed, getting up in the morning, going to work, coming and on and on and on it goes. That is not life. It is existing, but it's not the life that God has for us and that God has planned for us. The life that Scripture talks about in all of its abundance and and goodness and amazingness. So what, what is that life? And how do we find that life? Uh, how do we know what that, the purpose of that life is? You know, as we unpack the Scriptures, as we look at God's Word to us, there are a number of promises, but also purposes or what we're calling callings in this series that God has for us that enables us to actually experience and live out that life that He is talking about, that life of abundance that life of goodness. So God has purposes for us. He has callings for us. And so how do we answer that age-old question of what is life all about? Now, the answer to that question isn't 42. That's an in-house joke for all those people who love the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. In that famous novel, uh, computer was uh, designed and built to answer the question, what is life all about? And it was given the the task to find out the answer to that question. And it needed thousands of years to compute its answer by getting all the data it could. And at the end of all those thousands of years, its answer was 42. Because the computer could not actually come up with an answer, it could not compute and work out what the answer is to life. So, what is the answer? And that's what we've been uh, looking at over these past six weeks and this is the final one in the installment of that. There are five main purposes that answer that question and it is for all people. Uh, It is for you, it is for me, it is for you watching at home right now. The calling number one is that we are called to be loved. Uh, Before we can do anything for God, before we know what life is all about, we are designed and we are built for a relationship. And that relationship was broken when sin came into the world. But Jesus came and he made a way for that relationship to be restored. And because of that, we have that original relationship restored back to its original uh, point And so we can not only love God, but know that He loves us. And despite what we've done in life, uh, you might be sitting at home going, yeah, but I've done this and I've done that and this has happened and all of these circumstances have happened in my life. None of that matters. The first and foremost thing is that God loves you and that He has made a way to be in relationship with you and He wants to shower that love on you. So that's the first calling and it's got nothing to do with what we do. That is grace. Grace is that He loves us before we love Him. And so before we do anything, God loves us and everything flows out of that love. The second calling is that we are called to belong. We're not called to be alone. We're not called to be isolated, uh, to live our lives all by ourselves. We're actually designed for community. And the best community that we are designed for is what we call the church, the church family, the gathering of believers who all know that they are loved by God. They're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Uh, Dave's certainly not perfect. Dave Dave is shaking his head. No, nobody's perfect, uh, but we are all loved. And when we come together and know that, we form the church and the church community, and we are designed for one another which is why so many people are struggling right now. What is the struggle all about? It's that they're not interacting and communicating with one another. And that's a sign that we are designed for that community. Second, uh, thirdly, we are called to become. The, the person I was when I was 14 or 18 is not the same person I am now. I am designed to mature, I'm designed to grow and ultimately I'm designed to become like Christ and to take on His character and God is continually doing that in my life and God is continually doing that in your life we're not designed to just be stagnant and that's it every day just like that song His mercies are new every day and because of that every day we grow and grow and grow into His likeness and then last week we talked about serving we are called to serve one another and uh, we live out our gifts and our calling by serving and blessing those in not only our church family but our communities around us so today we are called to be sent that is the title of today's message we are called to be sent and it's the fifth uh, calling that we see in scripture now That might be a funny thing to be mentioning at this time, we're called to be sent because we're not allowed to go out of our homes. But I hope you get the idea of this message, is it's not necessarily to be sent and to go somewhere, but it's actually to take the message out of who we are and what we know into the lives and into the environment around us. So we're called to be sent by sending the message of the good news of Jesus to those around us. Hey kids, I want to ask you guys a question. What do you think is God's ultimate plan in all of history? If we look at all of history, going from first of creation, uh, looking at even Bible history and all up until now, what do you think God is doing? What's his main purpose? Grown-ups, what do you guys think is his main purpose that he's doing? I want to say, and it is, that God... Purpose in history. His plan for history is that he is gathering a family that will love and live with him forever. He is gathering a family that will love and live with him forever. In fact, if we stood back and we looked at the big picture of Scripture of the Bible, from creation to the the calling of of Abraham to uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then Israel and the kings and the prophets and the coming of Jesus, and then the in acts how the church is born and the message is sent out. If we look at all of that from above, we could say that the big picture of what God is doing is he's gathering a family. He is calling us into a relationship with him. So if this wasn't true, uh, we, the universe would not have been created. Uh, the The world around us, humanity would not have been here and you at home would not have been born if it wasn't that God had a plan to make a family his own. It says in Ephesians 1.5, his unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ and this gave him great pleasure. His unchanging plan through all of history has been Draw a family unto himself. Now, there are two ways that you can become one of a family. You can be born into a family, or you can be adopted into a family. And the Bible uses both metaphors to talk about how we join God's family. We're born into it, the Bible says we are uh, born again. There is a spiritual rebirth when we say yes to Jesus and that we uh, trust Him as our Lord and Savior. And in that, he actually adopts us as sons and daughters, uh, co-heirs with Christ into his very own family. And now this is a free choice. There is no conversion, co-ver- coercion That's the word, <laughs> coercion. There is no pushing, there is no shoving. Uh, God uh, freely gives us the will to choose to become part of his family. His door is always open. His arms are always open. Uh, There is nothing that you have done that can separate you from the love of Christ. And because of that, uh, you are able to, through the blood of Jesus, come into right relationship with him and therefore be part of his family that he is gathering. That is for you and it is an invitation that is open to you. Uh, Even right now, you might be thinking, oh, but not me, maybe you, maybe that person, maybe that person. No, it is for every single human being that has ever existed and that exists now, that invitation is open to you to accept his love and to be born into and adopted into his family. And that is a beautiful thing. So once God gathers his family, uh, once that has ultimately been done at the end of time, Part two of his plan is going to be that um, that's when real life begins, that's all of eternity, that is our heavenly life and that is what we are looking forward to, that is to come, that's part two. We're actually in part one now or phase one now which is the gathering of his family and it is the way that he gathers. So he, God, is calling you to be sent and to participate in the gathering of that family. God isn't just doing it himself. He actually calls us and requires us to be part of that gathering and participate with him in gathering that family together. And as I look at what it means to be family, you know, sometimes we can think, well, this is a big family. You know, when Joe and I first bought the house that we're in, we had uh, only one child and had lots of bedrooms and we didn't know that our family would grow and grow and grow to, to the point now where we have six beautiful children and you saw a little death row there at the end of that uh, greeting video. Do you know what in our house we are running out of room literally we are running out of room as our family grows. Do you know the good thing about God's family is that there is always more room. There is always more space, there is always more opportunity for people to be coming into and adopted into that family. Jesus said, my father's house has many rooms, not like our, room, our house at home. He has many rooms and there is a room for you that he is preparing a place for. The parable of the banquet is one of my favorite parables where the master of the banquet says, go out into the streets because there's still places here in this feast, in this uh, party, which represents heaven. There is more space at the table. So the fifth calling is being sent out into the world to help and to partner with God to gather his family. And it is a privilege to be a part of that. It is the church's task. And can I talk to our church family now? It is our task as a church to not only gather on Sundays, to not only uh, love each other and to support one another, but it is our uh, role to send forth the message of Jesus, to be telling the good news of the gospel. Now, some of you uh, nodding in agreement with this. Yes, that is part of our role as a church. That's what we should be doing. Yes, I know, I know, I know, I know. However, I want to ask you a question. Let's be honest. How well are we doing that as a church? How well are you personally doing that as a disciple of Christ? This is why this calling is the last in the, the pyramid, if you like, of, of the five callings. Because if we were said if we said this is number one, first things first, you got to go tell others. We would fall in a heap. The way and the uh, empowerment to do this task, to do this calling, is to first have the other four callings in place. That is why it is found. found it, it needs to be foundational that we are loved first, and that we know His goodness, and that we are brought into His family first. That. When we are grounded in that, and when we know that, then we are able to do these other callings. We can't accomplish this task unless we first embrace the other callings. And church, we've been talking about the picture of a tree as we go deeper in the things of God. This is another way of talking about this. You know, we've talked about our roots going deep into the things of God and that growing us and enabling us to be strong and healthy, to grow our branches out and to reach the lives of other people. This calling number five is that reaching out. It is those branches growing, but that cannot happen unless we first put our roots deep into the things of God, unless we are first really involved in and get our roots deep into who he is, what he has done for us, who we are, our identity in Christ, uh, what our call is in life. And then out of that comes the ability to be sent and to be able to touch the lives of the people around us. So I want to ask you a question. Sometimes, uh, and I'm in this category, sometimes you know the right thing to do is to share the good news of Jesus with other people. But sometimes you don't feel like doing that. Sometimes you think, oh, it's too hard, or I'm just not in the headspace. When you're in that headspace, ask yourself a question. When was the last time you spent some personal time with, alone with God? Because if you're finding yourself hard to share the good news of Jesus with others, it's probably pretty likely that you've actually let go of those other four things and that we have to get back to and be grounded in those things before we're actually able to do that. So our task, our calling, is our purpose for existence is to be sent into the world and to let others know about Jesus. Now in Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 13, uh, it says these pretty powerful words. (laughs) It says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now what a great promise that is anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not about what they do, it's not about what they accomplished. If you just put your trust in Jesus, you will be saved. But how can they tell Him? Uh, how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them, without being, there's the word, sent. That is what the scripture means when they say, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now what Paul is basically uh, saying to us as a church and to you individually, is that we hold this truth. We know what uh, the answer is to life and that is Jesus. But what good is it if that answer isn't then being given to other people who are also in need of that same answer? And so part of our role, part of our life, part of our existence here is to actually be going forth and being the good news, the good feet of those who bring good news to others. If I, for example, had found a cure for cancer and I kept that to myself, That would be crazy. In fact, it might even be criminal and you'd think you'd need to be locked up for that. We as a church have an even greater answer, an even greater cure to life's diseases, to life's brokenness, and that is the message of Jesus, to be set free and to have eternal life with him. How crazy would it be if we just hold on to that ourselves? How criminal would it be if we didn't share that with the lives of others? Jesus says in John chapter 20, verse 21, he says, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So Jesus first and foremost came to share the message of, of himself and the way to the Father and the way to the eternal life that he has for us. And he has now tasked us to take on the role of that telling and foretelling that Um, We are being sent as Jesus has been sent. Now this is for everyone. It's not just for pastors. It's not just for the big uh, world evangelists. It's not just for those who are extroverts. It's just not for those who have charisma and a big personality. This is for every single one. And kids, this is for you too. You can be telling uh, your friends at school or your friends in uh, ballet classes or uh, uh, sport teams or whatever about the love of Jesus. It's for everyone. It's for you and it's for me. Earlier in John's Gospel, uh, Jesus said these famous words and it's words that we often bring up in the life of a Christian. He says, I, for you did not choose me, but I... Jesus chose you, you sitting at home, (laughs) and appointed you to what? Go, be sent, and to bear fruit, and fruit that will last. You know, you are designed to be that tree that branches go out and touch the lives of other people and to bear fruit. You're not designed to be just a tree that takes up space, to just be a tree in the garden that just perhaps looks nice. You have a purpose in life to actually bear fruit and be useful in the kingdom of God. Uh, At home right now, we have a a couple of conifers that died on the side of our house and I've had to uh, spend some time chopping them down. And they were quite big trees uh, that, that actually provided a bit of privacy from the road and that sort of thing. But in chopping them down, all of a sudden you're wow, there's so much space here that can be used for other things. And it reminded me of a parable uh, in the Bible that that Jesus uh, tells that is actually quite confronting. Jesus talks about the owner of a a fig tree who planted a fig tree. It's in uh, Luke chapter 13, if you want to look it up. And he, for three years, had been going to this fig tree to look for fruit and it hadn't borne any fruit. So he said to the gardener, cut it down for its wasting space. But the gardener said something pretty interesting. He said, give it one more year, and during that year I'm going to dig around it and I'm going to fertilize it. And if after that year it doesn't bear fruit, sure, cut it down, but just wait and see. Now the reason I'm challenged by that parable is that perhaps right now you are in a season where perhaps you don't feel like you're bearing much fruit. What is required for you to bear bear fruit, perhaps, is for you to allow the ultimate gardener to be digging around in your soil at this time, to be fertilizing you, giving you the food and the sustenance you need for your roots to go deep down uh, into the things of God, to be uh, built up in Him, to have faith in Him, to be uh, knowing of His goodness and love and mercy for you, and then out of that to then Uh, be able to live out the calling of this fifth calling to be sent. Do you know, I want to tell you a truth, and that is that things that you do in life are not going to last. I know, it's pretty hard to hear. Not many people in years to come are going to care about what you ate for tea, about what you wore, about what your house looked like, about what car you drove. Those things are not going to last there are only two things that really last in all of eternity. That is truth and that is people. The truth of who Jesus is is going to last and have a lasting effect and the people that have been uh, changed by that truth are going to live in an eternal life in God's family forever and ever. And I was reminded uh, just this last couple of Uh, months. Many of you will know that the band that I was part of in my early twenties decided to reform and to play a couple of shows. And uh, we played three shows in Adelaide and we played uh, Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne also. And whilst that was fun and whilst uh, it um, it was a great time of being able to perform and do something that I used to do when I was younger, the most impactful thing for me about doing these shows was that at every single show, uh, whether it be probably three or four different people came up to me who I had never met before, and they all shared the same story. And the story went something like this. You know, when I was in high school, I was the only Christian, and the lyrics of your songs uh, kept me uh, on the straight path and got me through that really hard time. Or I was on the way to school on the bus, and I was um, being teased, And I listened to the words of your songs and I actually decided to give my life to Christ. Or there are some people who said, you know what, after many times, the kookaburra is a kookaburra. (laughs) After many times uh, in my life of trouble and tragedy, I even wondered whether life was worth living. And then I remembered uh, a certain song and I listened to it and it kept me going. And I listened to that for a whole year and it took me through that dark season of my life, now I'm not saying that to blow my own trumpet uh, or for you to think that I'm wonderful, but it's a great example that the music that we have, the lifestyle, the the show, in a hundred years' time, people aren't going to remember the band. It's going to be in history, but what will be remembered and what will have an everlasting effect is the truth of what was spoken and what was sung about because it was scriptural and the people that lives had been changed. Those people's lives are changed for eternity. So can I encourage you, rather than investing in things that are going to fade and not last, invest in those two things, the truth, Jesus says, I am the truth, and in people, because people's lives are going to either uh, exist forever or they're going to unfortunately choose not to be uh, living with Christ. So how does this work for you? What does this mean for you at home and for you particularly in this time? How do we live out this calling? First can I say don't try and do this in your own strength. Don't think I am the one that's going to be able to go and change the world. You might be able to make a little bit of headway but it's only in Christ's strength, in the strength of the Spirit that we can actually make a difference in the world. So get into those deeper things of God, uh, get those other callings in place first to enable you and to empower you to do it. In Acts chapter 20 verse 24 and may this be your um, memory verse for this week. The most important thing, the most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me. And what is that mission? to tell people the good news about God's grace. That is your mission. That is your task to do. And everyone has that. I just want to quickly leave you with four just quick points about how we perhaps go about that individually and as a church. Number one, pray. Pray that people will say yes to God. Uh, Carol Sullivan um, gave a great... Sermon a little while back about um, the way uh, a new way of doing evangelism is and that rather than just going and trying to to make things happen, first and foremost we're going into our streets, we're praying for our neighbours, we're praying for our work colleagues and we're first of all asking for God to bring about opportunities for those uh, people to be saying yes to Him. So before you even utter a word on your lips, Pray that people will come to know Jesus and that God will, in that, open up those opportunities. Number two, uh, give. Now, this might go against the thought of um, when I said it's about all people and it's a task for all people. Yes, that is true. But as a church, you know, there are those who are, are particularly gifted at being able to declare the good news. There are those who we send perhaps overseas in mission. And the way to enable that message as a church to go out is to continue to give and support the ministry and the mission of the local church. You know, I really believe that the local church really is the hope of the world. Uh, When all local churches are living out the mission and the the vision of, of declaring the good news, All those communities that it touches uh, make a difference in those local communities. Yes, we are called to be part of the global church, but as as a local church, we are called to touch the lives of those around us. And as a church, uh, we can gather together our resources and our means to be able to do that. So pray and give. And number three, can I encourage you to simply step out in faith. If you're wanting to bear fruit and fruit that will last you've really got to just step out in faith and kids you can do this too. I'm just reminded on the way driving here on on this point you know when we look at a parachuter um, doing their task it looks amazing it looks like like fun but for the first time to parachute you've got to be up in the plane and it only takes one step to actually step out of the plane and then you're in it and it's the same way with stepping out in faith with sharing the good news of of jesus sometimes it just takes one one (laughs) talking and then you're in it then you're then you're going but it just takes that one moment of stepping out in faith I'm going to push through uh, any embarrassment. I'm going to push through any fear. I'm going to push through any uh, anxiety or feeling like I'm not good enough. I'm just going to push through that and step out in faith. And before you know it, you're in it and you're actually doing it. You know, I was actually um, uh, quite concerned that I'd never talked to a camera before. And the first time that we did a live stream was the first time I did it. And I just had to step into it and, and do it. And before you know it, I'm actually talking to you through a camera and I hope that I'm doing it well, but it just took that one moment of stepping into it and then I'm in that process of actually living that out. And so it is with you in sharing the good news. Just step out. Just step out. You can do this. I believe in you. And with the power of the Spirit in you and Jesus alive in you, you are able to do great things and step over those barriers. Step out step out, you can do it. And quickly, number four, go where I can go now. Yes, some people are called to Mozambique or to Myanmar or to Africa or wherever to go as missionaries. But you know what? The best way of sharing the gospel is to those who are right next to you right now. The neighbors in your street, uh, the work colleagues at work, your family members who are far from God. God has called you and is calling you to be sent, not necessarily out into the, the corners of the globe, but to simply be sent into the house next door, to simply be sent into the office next door, to be sent into the, uh, the, the shopping lane next door because you, the, you can see someone that you know can have a quick chat too. Um, Our founding pastor of our church had this awesome saying that was always be open for business, always be open for business, always be looking for those opportunities and if you're doing point number one and you're praying for those opportunities, you know what? God will bring about those opportunities and before you know it there'll be so many people that you have the chance to declare the goodness of Jesus with. So. Calling number five, be sent. Take on Jesus's uh, challenge to us to be sent as he was sent to the world, now he is sending us to declare the good news of Jesus with those around us. Can I encourage you particularly at this time that there are going to be those who are asking questions. There are those who are going to have time to be thinking about life, who are going to be questioning uh, what life is all about. You have an amazing opportunity before you right now, uh, in this current uh, situation that we live in, to be reaching out and to touching the lives of those around you, with the hope and the and the goodness of Jesus. Um, that that is really the heart of what life is all about. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about sharing who Jesus is and gathering others into the community of God and helping to participate uh, in in that effort that that God is doing in phase one because phase two is just going to be amazing. As we perhaps uh, meet people that we had a chat with, that we sowed that seed with and they say, thanks for telling me about that uh, in the shopping lane. Thanks for telling me about that in the office because I went away and I thought about it and I actually gave my life to Jesus and I'm thankful for that right now. We have an opportunity to make a huge difference in this world. Step out in faith. You can do it. I just want to um, uh, end now by praying but I want to just focus on on two two, two particular areas or two particular people that might be watching this right now. You might be watching this live stream and you might not be part of a church uh, you might have been invited to to listen in, and there's been something that's been stirring in your heart. There's been something that you've been uh, connecting with that you're thinking, "Yeah, this is real. I'm I'm believing in this. This is I'm I'm hearing truth, and I'm hearing something that is exciting. And I want that life that you're talking about. I want that life that is in abundance. That isn't just existing. It isn't just waking up and going to sleep." It's actually making a difference in this world. I hunger for that. If that is you right now, first of all, I want to pray for you. Secondly, I want to pray for uh, those who are part of our church, that you would have opportunity after opportunity in this time to be making a difference and to be sharing the good news of Jesus uh, with those around you and be innovative in, in how you can do that. So will you join me as I pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came into this world uh, to show us the way back to the Father, to show us the life that we have all been designed for. Lord, that life that gives us meaning and gives us purpose, gives us hope uh, in this world that we live. Lord, if there are people watching this right now who are longing for more meaning, who are longing to find their purpose and their fit in life, Lord, I pray right now where they are, that your presence would be so evident and so real that they would sense your spirit right now in a tangible way and that they would begin to open up their lives to you and to be uh, um, inquiring about you and asking you, Lord, to be making a difference in their lives. And Lord, as they open themselves up to you, may you just flood into their life and make a difference in their life. Right now, we pray in Jesus' name. And Lord, for our our church right now uh, in this season and in this troubled time, uh, we pray that you would speak to us and that you would bring about new and innovative ways in which we can touch the lives of the community around us uh, with your gospel of grace. Help us, Lord, to be listening to you and to be open, Lord, for business every day uh, for looking for those opportunities and to be praying for them and to be stepping out right where we are, right where we are, that we will be making a difference. And I pray that that would be um, going forth day after day, week after week, and that we will see great fruit produced uh, because people have been putting their roots down and spreading their branches out to those who are around them. Lord, I just pray uh, your blessing on them right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, and now we're going to be uh, heading back to Friday afternoon uh, as we sing our last song. But I just wanted to, to introduce it to you. It's, a, it's an old hymn that's been done uh, in a more modern way and it's really a, a hymn that talks about us letting go of ourselves and giving our lives to Jesus in order to actually live out this fifth calling of being sent. And so as you stand now to sing, as you kneel now to sing, as you just look at the words and allow them to minister to you, my prayer is that you would use this time right now to be thinking about how you can be making a difference in the world around us. God bless you. We'll see you next week.